Hey Last Looks crew, ever wonder what a second AD does? Or maybe what the relationship is between them and hair and makeup teams? Or maybe you know all that, but don't realise how important that relationship is. Well, today we're chatting with Second Assistant Director Jeremy Silvera. I met Jeremy back on Captain Marvel, and at that stage he was our wonderful Basecamp PA, also another incredibly important role. But now he's moved on up to the world of call sheets as a second AD. I knew Jeremy would be the perfect person to talk to because one, he actually listens to episodes of the podcast of artists he knows he will be working with in the future. So in other words, he does his homework. And number two, I think he's great and I look forward to working with him again in the future. And don't forget guys, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by sharing the show with others or you can buy the podcast a coffee. The link is in the show notes below this episode. My name is Jamie Lee, a film hairstylist living in Long Beach, and this is The Last Looks Podcast, a show where I normally catch up with hairstylists and makeup artists working in the film and television industries around the world. But today, our guest is Second AD, Jeremy Silvera. Let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Pictures up. Last Looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks Podcast, Jeremy. Hi. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you. Now, you're a second AD, and when I worked with you, you're a base camp PA. I loved working with you for many reasons, but one is because you're great at your job. So I wanted to chat to you about the base camp relationships and dynamics between your team and hair and makeup. I want to shed light on some things that we do that drives you guys crazy or <laughs> stuff oh we could do to help with general efficiency and just help get talent to set on time. So let's start simple. What is your role in the AD department? So the simplest version of my job is I deal with the call sheet and it's kind of like I deal with tomorrow and what's happening the next day and just making sure everyone's ready and aware of that. But then it it'll, once tomorrow is usually really figured out about a week before. And so it's just constantly looking ahead and making sure that we're ready for everything that's coming up and just keeping people up to date with the constant changes and dealing with the cast and making sure they're happy and actually show up and know what to do in the background and making sure they, we get the right background that we need and they show up and know what to do. And it's a lot of just behind the scenes management uh, so that way the director can have what he wants on set to have fun with. At every job, I'm like praying and hoping and wishing that I have a great relationship with the second AD because they, well, the AD department and PAs, oh my God, they make or break it for me. Like if I <laughs> if I have PAs that aren't great, I'm just like, ah, this is a struggle. And I think it's a struggle for everybody, if that's the case. And then ADs, I just want to have a great relationship with them because I want to be able to get them what they need and I want them to be able to easily communicate with me so I know what's going on as well. So what should that relationship kind of look like with hair and makeup and your department? I think a lot of it is trust mm -hmm. and just a friendship and trust because we we work on these projects for so long together that it's it's not fun if you're coming to work and having to talk to and work with someone that you don't actually enjoy spending time with every day. Yeah. It's it's unavoidable. It's going to happen. There's always going to be that one person, but it's just so much nicer when you can actually get along with that human being. 
which is why I totally understand why teams stay together. Cause it's like, I found my people, there mm-hmm. might be people better and different things, but like this group knows how we want to work together. And even honestly, just, it, it was like you were saying with how you hope you have a good relationship with the ADs and the PAs. Like I've hired PAs based on who the hair, makeup and costume team is going to be because mm-hmm. I know that relationship is going to work better than one who isn't like if I was doing a project with you and Heba or something like that Mm. before I call a second second AD I'm probably calling Mia and making sure that she can run base camp because I know that 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 relationship is then solid I have base camp squared away because I've just hired someone who knows how to work with the hair and makeup team done problem solved (laughs) she knows how to work with those crazies (laughs) yeah she understands how to handle you people and so And so things are fine. Well, I mean, Uh, that's a good example, really, because of someone, you know, just being great at their job. And the first job that I met you on, we had a base camp PA and it was not going well. And then all of a sudden Jeremy was there and I was just like, oh, my God, the change. Just immediately. Yeah. That's such a weird story for me because... So the the quick version of it is I was a DGA trainee mm. for Captain Marvel. And I was assigned to the show. It was a whole thing with like Disney HR really wanting a trainee on the thing. So I was kind of forced on the AD team. They didn't like know me or request me, but they were all nice people. And so they were like, we'll figure out something to do with this kid. But they were already staffed up. So I kind of floated around aimlessly, like begging for lockups or Katie would find something for me to do to like pass the time and annoy her less. Yeah. And that was my first couple weeks but part of that was I did one or two things with Brie and prep and so when the decision was made that there was going to be a change at base the phone I remember driving home the phone call I got was Katie being like so we're making a change so and so is leaving and Brie said well I just want Jeremy to be there then and I was like I didn't even know she knew my name but apparently she's requesting me now and so the next day I'm running base camp, which was truly only the second base camp in my life I had ever run before, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't tell anyone because I was like, well, I'm going to fake this thing. And worst case scenario, they'll get rid of me, too. Yeah. And then it turned into a wonderful experience where, you know, kind of go in knowing that you're taking over for someone else and you're just going to have to build uh, new relationships with everyone. And uh, at the end of the day, it was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. It just, uh, I, I can't even actually really explain what it is. It's just, I guess it's an energy that just comes into the trailer and how you approach it and communicate and all that type of stuff. And normally we're in some type of flurry or like stress or push for time or whatever it is. And just when someone can come in and directly communicate, but in a really lovely way, it's just, it makes all the difference. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what no, it is. It's just. The energy, the energy is a great point because the first people the actors interact with in the morning is either the key or the base camp person and then their hair and makeup team. So mm-hmm. we're the first people to see if the actors show up and I'm standing there and I'm grumpy because I slept for five hours and I'm like, whatever, get in the trailer. <laughs> you know, I'm already they're like, what's with Captain Grumpy over there? And then mm-hmm. if they get into your trailer, they start going through the process. If I'm coming in every 15 minutes going, are you done yet? Hurry up. How much time? Like just essentially being a jerk. <laughs> it's just going to rub them the wrong way. Like I'm killing the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's I mean, you could write a book on 
the vibe and the trailer and how important it is, especially for different days or different people and what the mood needs to be and whether there's music or there's not music or whether it's quiet and there's candles. Like we've seen it all different ways, mm-hmm. but that's, it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of people on set won't ever really understand it unless you've been there because it really can affect how the actor's day goes. And I heard a quote once, which is totally true as a first day who said at the end of the day, our job is to put happy actors in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how great, our schedule looks or how good the background looks or the hair looks that they like. If you're not putting a happy actor in front of the camera for the director, you're not going to get what you want. Mm. Uh, And so that's, that's important. I just, there are times that I'm just like, well, it probably happens at least once on every job. I just want someone, it's normally a producer to just, I want to shrink them down and I want to just put them in the trailer and hide them in a corner and they can just see what happens in the mornings because they're pretty much just like, what are you guys even doing in there? <laughs> and it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> it's like everything as fast as we can, but as calmly as we can because the vibe's got to be good and we've got to keep everybody happy and we've got to make everything look good. But also we have to do it very quickly and, you know, we're juggling so, and then they're just like, why is it taking, what is happening, rah, rah, rah. And it's just like, oh, if I could just shrink you down and hide you in a corner so you could just watch our mornings unfold, then maybe you might understand. Yeah. Why don't they show up at four in the morning and come hang out with us <laughs> at, while we deal with an actor who's going through like two personal life crisis at the same time and they yeah. come to your chair and are half venting about what's happening and meanwhile, I show up and like, oh, I think we'll be ready in like a half hour. Are you, you done having a mental breakdown yet? Because um, <laughs> I, you know, ready. what's funny. Yeah, I, I hate that she's right about this. It, it, the, an actress saying this to me actually made me take a step back and think about it. Where mm-hmm. one time I was saying something, I was trying to get an estimate out of some, out of an actress for something, and. She was like, Jeremy, I could be having a stroke right now and you would probably go, great. Well, how long is that going to take? Yeah. And she was being very snippy to me, but also at the same time, I have I think about that constantly where I'm like, yeah, she's not wrong. <laughs> that's probably what my next... <laughs> it's it's bad that that's what my next thought would have been. Yeah. I've uh, been like, well, this is going to this is gonna take a while. Yeah. It's like, do we call the ambulance? Because, hmm. That's yeah. Gonna- <laughs> or, are they... Yeah, it's because she's in all the work today, so I don't. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, this is but no, it's up my entire it's, schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's an extreme example, but it's yeah. also that happened. That actually that happened on my first on my first base camp, uh, where she said that to me, and it made mm-hmm. it made me take a step back from there and realize like there are other things going on in life besides the show. My job is to. If running base is to get the actors set when the when the set needs them and I will do that to the best of my ability but sometimes there's things that's out of all of our control and all we can do is relay the information and hope hope for the best yeah I mean everyone tries to leave all that at the door before they step in but life creeps in you know yeah I don't think the actors do it all I think they save it until they step into your trailer <laughs> and then that's and then that's where it all comes out. Yeah. And I just hear snippets of it as I hand them like poached eggs and a green juice or something. <laughs> so, I mean, why is the relationship so important 
like uh, with the HOD and keys and stuff and you specifically being the second? I, I think it's important. It's important from the sense of if I'm looking at things from the perspective of we want to make our schedule and make our day. And really what I mean by that is I don't mean like, I mean more of we want the director to get everything that they want to get for that day. Mm. That's ultimately what's more important is helping the director's creative vision. Like that's all we all want to do. And so the relationship between our departments is a lot of just time management and making sure people are ready for when they need to be ready. And if changes come up, talking about how long that takes and stuff like that. I think a lot of it comes into prep morning. I wish, I wish at least in my experience for a lot of stuff I worked on, I wish hair and makeup got more prep time. I'm a big proponent of that for the sake of, I just think there's so much that comes up and so many conversations that could be had earlier Uh where the day it's, you could really look at the days better. And especially when it comes to manpower things or like, well, how long is this look actually going to take? And we could do some tests earlier to see how long different looks or changeovers or everything are going to be and get the camera test done. And it's cause so much of it, like for, I guess a good example is we were, we were just prepping a movie where an actress was going to have a full, like half of her face was burn scar situation thing. Uh-huh. And through our testing, it was, it was probably going to take her three and a half hours to get ready every day. We never got to do a full test on her before we shut down, uh-huh. but that was the early estimate based on people, you know, people who know what they're talking about in their experience saying you're probably looking at three and a half hours every day. Yeah. So now we have to relook at the whole schedule and go, well, this actor works uh, top to bottom a lot. And now I have a three and a half hour morning process on her, which as you know, means at least an hour afterwards at the end of the night to like get it off. Mm-hmm. And then their turnaround. And now we have a problem and it's a problem that thankfully we had a great makeup department head who warned us about this early in advance. And so it's something we could look at way earlier versus if you had someone who either we didn't have a good relationship with or was just kind of coming in and just doing the job and not thinking about those things like they know, but they don't tell us anything type situation, then we don't really realize it until the day. And it's, it's even more of an issue. And it's like, Oh, well, great. Now our, now everything we've planned doesn't really make a lot of sense because neither of us are really asking the questions. I think too, sometimes, well, a lot of the time I, I don't know how long something's going to take. So I need to do it. Yeah. First, especially if it's something involved, I need to be able to actually at least do it once before to even give any idea of how long I think it's going to take. Yes, I'm very bad at estimating. I just want to be right. I don't want to guess. So yeah. <laughs> I fully agree with being able to test that. And I do know that there are some artists who are just like, you know, they'll throw out a number, not put much thought into it. And it's just like, is it really going to only take that long? Like, are you considering everything? Because that number that you're giving is very important. It is the beginning of a day. So think about it. Yeah, it's the testing is great. And I I know, too, there's even like, sure, we can hire doubles or bring in their stand-ins early or something like that, like in, in prep or day, on off days or whatever. So that way you're actually doing it on someone. But also we know that just because it worked well on this person, when you get the actual living actor in there, doesn't mean 
it's going to go the same way because, of course, they have their their thoughts and opinions and maybe we didn't get them as early as we wanted. So now we have to, to deal with that. And it's a whole thing. And, it you know, the days all everything just slowly slips out of the grasp of your hand from the day. Yeah. So cast availability um, is always a tricky one, too. Yeah, that's that's rough. I mean, that's the bane of all of our existence because we'd all love to have them. But they're very busy because they got to shoot the movie and then promote the movie and then do a TikTok video in the meantime. I don't, I don't know what they do with their free time, but, <laughs> but also it's just like those, <laughs> the directors that last minute cast, I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it causes me, it causes me so much stress. And just like, I, I it, it makes it difficult to be able to know how to crew just anything. You have to just say, yes, we've got it covered with the budget that we have, but I actually have no idea who like 80% of the cast are. So that's a guess. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes casting will just throw you a curveball where it's like, yeah, it's a shirtless scene. And we cast this this guy with a big back back tattoo. That's I had that happen on this military show. It was this guy to do a boxing scene on this base. And he had a full back tattoo. And it was it was a very long time in the morning for him doing a full tattoo cover up and then constant touch ups as he was in his boxing scene that we did all day long. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where like not to put the actor out of work or anything like that, but like was this the best decision that could have been made with time or money for for number forty five on the call sheet? Like, could we have done something different? I'm slowly learning as my career expands the the difference between a, a great producer and a an okay one or one who's I guess one I like less. Mm. Um from the sense of like the example would be was recently doing something where there was a lot of discussion about number one on the call sheets hair and what the hair was going to be and what everyone really needed was push from the producer on kind of telling the creatives like look you have to make a decision because you can't just a week out from shooting or even two weeks like two three weeks out from shooting you can't decide all right this is what we want the wig to be and then expect a feature quality wig to be ready on the day not only the wig but then you also want like the doubles and everything like that yeah the amount of the amount of money you're going to spend getting that wig done in time is just not you were better off kind of forcing people to make creative decisions earlier so that way you could get it get it right instead of stressing everything and wondering why why everything costs much money it costs much money because you didn't make up your mind yeah but they also need to the hair person needs to educate people on that as well it's just like well six weeks out it's going to be normal price any less than that the price is just going to keep going up so the sooner i can get a decision the sooner we can like that's normally how my brain is and communication is working yeah and and to be fair to the producers as we know sometimes you can warn them all you want and they're right. not going to listen it's yeah. Like, you, you you know, this is coming up and you have to tell us or else it's not going to. And they go, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people listen, some people don't. I, a great example, Damien Chazelle. I gave him a, a solid deadline date to figure out what he wanted to happen to Margot's hair. Because I was just like, mm-hmm. we have to get a wig made. You need to tell me by Friday, the whatever, whatever. And he, it was down to the, down to the date and the morning of, and he was just like, and he kept saying, I know I need to let you know by Friday. I know I need to let you know by Friday. I will, I will, it's going to happen. But it's just, he was open and listened to me 
and understood what I needed to happen. So he made the decision, which which is fantastic. Yeah, doesn't happen all the time. It, yeah. Oh God, we know that. Or yeah, because sometimes the changes are coming from an even higher up source than mm. that. You know, the people who sit in an office somewhere in LA and think fun things, and then all of a sudden we have to make the magic happen. Absolutely. So, so what are some of the problems that stand out to you? Like prep, scheduling, the dance with actors, turnarounds. How can we help in these situations? I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head a bit with just the honesty with the estimates and. I, I realize it's so annoying having the person come in and go, well, how much longer do you think or whatever? And the truth is, though, is that a good base camp person is not going to come in and ask that every day because by week two of a job, if not one, you should be able to walk in the trailer and kind of look and see where someone is in the process and know, OK, they have 20 minutes left like that's. Be, like they're doing this, this, and this now, that usually means they're out of the trailer in 20 minutes and I can leave them alone mm. because every second we spend talking to you about how much more time do you need is like another second you're not doing the thing. It's like, well, I had to pause and look at what I was doing. So now there's another like 30 seconds gone. I totally feel that. I feel it every time. I'm just like me having this lengthy conversation with you is stopping me from doing this. And you know what normally happens? <laughs> I know that what? I was just talking about producers coming into the trailer, but I did yeah. mention I wanted to shrink them down and hide them. It normally seems to be when you're so pushed for time and they kind of come in to see what is going on, but they slow the entire process down. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like they think that we're just in there like having a party or something and they need to come in and just generally be like, okay, it's time. We need to get this done. But they do it with the friendly, jovial, like not letting the actor, you know, in on that, you know, time is crunched and all that type of stuff. And the actor sit, like turns their head, starts mm-hmm. talking, moving around, and you're like, okay, yeah, now I can't really keep doing what it is that I'm doing. So you're completely fucking this up. <laughs> what are you doing? Get out of here. Um, I don't yeah, know how that's a death that. Meal for sure. <laughs> I don't know how you stop that from happening, but it's just you have to trust that the person trying to get it done is actually trying to get it done as fast as they can. And I know that that is not the case all the time. There are some people in there just not paying attention to time, having a party and fucking around. But yeah, most of the time, hopefully. Well, you guys have the better coffee machine normally, so <laughs> it's just what happens. It's just what happens. It's Yeah, the there is when you're already behind and there's good and bad to this, the, like the producer director going in the trailer conversation thing in my mind, that stops the clock because nothing productive is happening. Like, Oh, well they were in the middle of finishing like their lips or doing some eyeshadow. But now the director wants to like have a creative conversation in the trailer because he thinks it's going to go faster. And then no, it's going to slow everything down because the actor wants to look them in the eyes or it has to speak when can't have someone like messing with their lips the whole time. Yeah. If I'm not around or the, ba- or the base camp person doesn't know there's usually you'll, I'll get a text about it. It's been like so-and-so's in the, a, a good example, actually there's sometimes where this does benefit. And a weird example was I ran based on the show kidding 
on season two. And Jim Carrey's number one on that. And he's he's every every story you've ever heard about him is all true, but also I think he's fantastic. I would work with him again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But every morning, about halfway through his process, the showrunner and whoever the director was would come in and they'd have this kind of creative conversation about the day. And mm-hmm. usually I'd get a text from Ann or Cheryl going, hey, so-and-so's in the trailer. So like it's out of pause. And it's like, okay, like what? Are, nothing any of us can do about it. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to tell them to keep working because they, it's not, because then they'll get kind of sassed back from the talent or the director or whatever. Like it's, but that conversation happening in the trailer probably just saved it from happening on set and might have mm-hmm. even changed some things that were happening on set. So there is, there are times where there's a benefit to it as terrible as yeah. it is. Like, no. yes, we just cost 20 minutes getting them ready, but we might've saved a half hour on set of creative conversations and changes that now they can get ahead of. Yeah. When you see that it's that type of conversation, it is, yeah, I would normally send a text and be like, this is happening. I, I can't work right now. Or they might sneak out of the trailer and maybe the base cat person hasn't seen them. And it's just like, okay, they just licked my chair. <laughs> oh, sne- I don't know. sneaky actors are <laughs> are the fun ones where you really just just kind of have to. It's like, well, I don't, I don't. They were there and now they're not. I don't know how they do it. You've got to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the estimates thing, there are times, too, where sometimes we're asking how much time do you think you need or how if this is this is more of an example of the actor showed up late or we're way ahead of schedule. And so we're halfway through the day and we're asking you how much time you think you need left on this person. And usually it's because there's a plan A, B and C. And depending mm-hmm. what your answer is depends what plan we can go. And, and plan A, B, and C are usually all fine to do. It's not like, oh, no, we have to do plan C. Our, our day is ruined. Yeah. And it's just whatever your answer is, we're going to go for that plan. Mm-hmm. If you're way early on your estimate, it's sometimes almost as bad as if you're way off because all of a sudden the actor's like, well, I'm ready. Why aren't we doing this? It's like, well, we were told you were going to take another hour and then you took 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, now you're going to sit around for a half hour because we're – we're doing this other shot because we thought we needed to kill some time. Yeah. The other thing too, and I think this actually, this should come more from my department side. I think when they're relaying information Mm. is I feel like sometimes there's a forgetfulness of the costume aspect of things when it comes Mm -hmm. to timing Yeah, and the information we're relaying. So, I mean, a million examples from Captain Marvel of that, of the sense of like, if Gemma's in your chair and I know that set's going to be ready in like 20 minutes. That means she would have to be done uh, now because it takes that long to get the costume on her. Uh. And it's the, that's not costume's fault. That's just the, the nature of the beast and how long superhero costumes take and stuff like that. Yeah. So if I had someone coming in and being like, well, we'll be ready in 20, the actor or actress might think, oh, well, I have 20 more minutes here. Like it's... I feel like sometimes costumes gets left out of the thought process and how long things take in the morning. Yeah. Um, especially on the very complicated costumes or period pieces or all this other stuff. So how would you suggest? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they need to kind of come in and say that, but also mention at the end and they still have to dress. Yeah. It's more of a mix of, I've actually started doing it on my call sheets of putting, if it's a standard 
where it's they go to hair and makeup and then they go to costume get ready i know there's plenty of examples where it's like they put on an underlayer and then they go to the hair and makeup and then they come back to the trailer and put this on then they go back to makeup then they do this and etc etc those are those are the most fun it needs to definitely come from the production world relaying the information but then i think there also needs to be a little bit of understanding from the other side like we're listen we're not just rushing you to try to get like there's like three other people who are also about to get rushed because this person showed up late or because they it took longer or whatever like taking five minutes longer to do one thing like it just it kind of like the ball the whatever the phrase is where like it kind of rolls downhill as far as like well now this is five minutes behind so this is 10 minutes behind so this is 15 and like it just gets worse and worse and worse yeah it snowballs and, jeremy yeah snowballs thank you <laughs> it's I don't know this. It's it's kind of like we were when you originally texted me about doing this. When we were talking about things to talk about. Mm. It's really it's such a balancing act of things because I know that good quality people in any department, no one ever wants to make the director or set wait on them. That's mm. never anyone's goal. Yeah, and so like no one's doing it on purpose, but it it sometimes. Because it seems so, doesn't it seem so obvious where it's like, you just have to be honest with your times. But in the same sense, it's really, we're at the mercy of the actors and the personalities. And so some, you can have, you can be the best estimate person in the world. If the person put in your chair though, is having an off day or it's something else going wrong. Like you can, you can only do so much there. Yeah. From my perspective, I, and from coming from a place where we did both hair and makeup, so I was very clear when I looked at a call sheet, even if I was coming in as an assistant or whatever it was, I knew what time they were coming to hair and makeup and I knew what time they needed to go to their next place. So it was written in ink how much time I had. I came here, I was just like, okay, I know what time they come to hair and makeup, but are they going to makeup first? Are they going to hair first? If if those two... are not communicating that is difficult and then you see that they have a set time like on set but it's just like okay but when do they need to be in costume so my question always if I haven't given times for whatever reason if I'm not the head of department whatever it is I need to know what time they need to be out of my chair so that helps me watch my time a lot more and then as you're saying with all the things that could happen in between that you can't really plan for that's when you guys do buffers right yeah you know no one likes to admit that they're buffering but we're always yeah we're buffering so i have been in a position where i was on something and we were working like we had a schedule of chair placement, you know, every day it's just like, okay, this person's going to that hair person first. They'll be in there from this time to that time. And then they'd go to makeup from this time to that time. But I kept stressing. It's just like, you have this person coming into me at 10 o'clock and out at 11, but they're in the makeup chair at 11. It's like, what if they need to go to the bathroom or they're going to go get a coffee or they just wander out and start putting on half their costume or whatever it is. 
and that they might need to go to another trailer. But it's just all those little minutes. And I'm taking my 10 o'clock to 11 because I need every fucking minute of that hour. And then, of course, as you say, that snowballs. And it's just like uh, we had the like the first AD come from set and come down and talk to us. I was just like constantly just felt like I was not being heard of the timing doesn't work because you're not giving even three minutes in between, you know, these five people that we have stacked up. And yet at the end of it, that all adds up to being this many minutes late to set because you're not putting those little increments of time in between that are so important. And it wasn't until I like fully snapped back at the first AD that he kind of looked and was like, okay, well, we need to fix that. I was just like, oh my God, thank goodness. (laughs) But it seems like common sense, but they just, I guess they're just like, I don't know where we get that extra time from. So that's always incredibly difficult because you only get so much pre-call, but they expect you to do so much in that time. And then they don't want you to hire any extra people. So it is, you know. This all this all reminds me of two things. One is your how you were saying it had the different times of when they leave your chair and then the when they would go to costume grow set. Mm. Now that you're saying it, it made me realize that I I stole that idea from an international call sheet. I was doing reshoots mm-hmm. for a project and the original production shot overseas and I noticed that there it was actually helpful for me in prep to go look at it and be like, "Oh, well they spend this much time in hair and makeup and then it took them this long to get into the costumes and then it was this long for them to travel to set. Like, so I, I modified my call sheet to start saying that. Mm. Um, so people could see like, well, I need them going to get dressed at this time. It's not like, cause some, some very basic, whatever call sheets, it will just say like hair and makeup at seven set eight thirty. There's like nothing. Yeah. Like what does any of that mean in between? And it seems very relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And listen, when you're on like season eight of a TV show, like, mm. and it's a, uh, it's not a period piece or anything like that. It's a very, it's a straight show. Like, mm. maybe that's all you need. No one needs to like the nitty gritty details. They figured it out. Yeah. Five years ago. Yeah. But it's there's never anything wrong with giving out more information. It just helps everyone. I'm a total word vomiter with information. I will just tell everyone everything mm-hmm. because. I'd rather it be the second time I've told you something or the second time you've heard this information, then you never hear it. Yeah. Um, and so, and it just makes my job easier if we just tell everyone, like it, I'm never going to gain anything by hiding information that's helpful to the whole crew. Well, yeah, same for us. I mean, I go beyond to let everybody know how long everything's going to take. And for my team as well, I got into a rhythm a few films back of actually either on a Friday, normally my Monday was a, my mon- my Monday conversation would have to happen on Friday verbally normally or just very quickly in an email. But then on my weekend, I'd actually have a shared pages or shared PDF or whatever it was. And I would have all of my team listed who they were doing and how long they needed. And if I'm working with a makeup person that's into doing that as well, then they would put theirs in and it would be the whole week if everything went to schedule and the schedule didn't change, that the AD and PA, basically PA, would know who's doing who and how long they need. So it's all on paper. This is why I love you. (laughs) 
so they can just refer back to it. And it's those times where, and I would, uh, my team would also be able to see that shared document. So if I got any timing rule, then they could chime in and be like, you know, I'm actually, I feel like I'm going to need 40 minutes, not 30, because they haven't been in for two weeks. So I'm going to just need a little bit of extra time so we can adjust it. But when I go and do all that work and give everybody that information and nobody pays attention to it, I'm like, why am I trying to help everybody out here if you're not actually going to, like, it's on the PDF. (laughs) It's on the PDF. (laughs) Yeah. Like, everybody knows who's going where. Just, you know, and then I got into the habit of, like, printing that out and making sure it was on everybody's station so they knew what was happening. There was no wasting time of the poor base camp PA going, so who's doing who this morning when you've got like 50 fucking cast coming in? It's it's organized and you know what is happening. That's, I mean, that's massive, especially people trying to have that conversation day of Ugh. or people who aren't trying to have that conversation the day before or the week before, like it, it's on huge days, like way before. Mm. It just makes, you're just setting yourself up for failure and, and yeah. b- on both sides of the in both departments because that a lot of times my morning conversation with the department heads of the keys is just, I work a lot from set. I don't usually, I'm never usually in the trailer. Um, Uh and so a lot of it is I'll just be texting like the first thing in the morning, as soon as I know they're awake and on the clock, I'll text the keys and the department heads kind of just a screenshot of what the front looks like with actor times. And then also what I put down for the pre-calls just so we can, it's like, we're all on the same page. Good. Cause it's, I've asked for that information already of how, who's doing who and how long it takes, or they've already been gracious enough to tell me that, or it's, it's the same people it always is type situation. Yeah. And so now we've all saved ourselves from having to like find time where we're both available to sit and rethink about the same thing that happens every five days. Like, yeah. But also when that happens, Jeremy, like my brain, I have like a fucking million things going on and I'm trying to cover like three actors on set who are doing whatever crazy shit that they're doing. And I just cannot have that conversation about who's doing what and how long it's going to take without it. Like if it comes out of my mouth, I want it written down and I want a copy of it as well so I can like be able to refer back to it. It's no good me just going oh this person's doing that it's going to take about 45 minutes this person's and I'm just like guessing all this shit and then I get to that next morning and I'm like who did I say was doing what (laughs) (laughs) so that's why I just have to really take a moment and be able to sit down and like plan it all out and sometimes you know you have say your key has, I don't know, 10 different people that they look after on the on a film over the span mm-hmm. of that film. But all of a sudden there's one day that all 10 of her people are like in that day and you're just yeah, like, all oh my same God, time. okay, this is a whole situation. I need to really plan ahead for this. So, yeah, planning for some, me. Ooh. Yeah. Sometimes you all are so busy uh, from 4 or 5 a.m., like your chair is just constantly being filled with people until well after crew call because there's like another wave coming in. And then it's like three hours after where maybe you have a chance to breathe. And of mm. course, you've you've totally taken that NDB that they're going to yell at you to take um, somehow in the in that time frame. 
Um, and it's so sometimes you truly are just so busy that talking about it on the day doesn't make any sense. Like it's not like you're going to get bad answers. It's just going to make people grumpy. I'd rather I actually, I'm a obnoxious over prepper, mm. um, which I'm totally fine with. But I've what I've told people is I'd rather show up every day and have, quote unquote, nothing to do. I've already prepped it all. I'm just going to show up and things are going to ha- or you know, that that work's already done. There's nothing I'm rushing in to do yeah. because two things are always going to go wrong or not wrong. But like two things are always going to change. It's unavoidable. Yeah. Um, and so now I have time to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, great. I'm going to go to the catering truck and talk to Mara and goof around and enjoy my <laughs> life for like for like 10 minutes for once. Yeah, that's true. Nice. Because imagine that for me, doing that PDF, and yes, I'm normally doing it on my weekend, but it's like 10 or 15 minutes, whatever. Me doing that stops me from having lengthy, annoying conversations every day for the next week. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and now, when I say annoying, it's not because the person is annoying, it's because the conversation itself that you have to have is annoying um, when you're middle, like, as I say, eyeballs deep and uh, insanity and you're just like, Some, oh, sometimes the this. person is annoying it's okay. <laughs> not normally but it's just the conversation i'm just like Ugh. um so i will be honest that there are times that if we're like three weeks in and this pdf thing's been happening and you have all this information and someone keeps asking me like i never created that pdf (laughs) (laughs) i start getting very short with people it's just like i will simply respond it's all on the pdf it's all on the pdf (laughs) just walk away (laughs) because i'm just like (laughs) that's that seems this is like your version of me going like it's on the call sheet (laughs) (laughs) oh my god my beautiful pas that i adore and love to work with uh, they have to deal with me asking stupid questions every day i'm that person i'm i'm my own thing that i hate <laughs> well to be to be fair you and me also work on a lot of projects where it's on the call sheet isn't a helpful answer right because uh sometimes we don't get one or right. like you've gotten the call sheet but it has your call time on it yeah or it's and, on my phone uh, and I have to scroll through a million things to try and find it. You have to log into Synchronize and <laughs> give up your social security number and the names of your firstborn to get into fifth kind to then look at um, a PDF that doesn't work. Yeah. And that's you need the only that way Google, you can... um, what is it, that authenticator. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need your authenticator. <laughs> then you have to call Barry Curtis directly and say, please, sir, <laughs> can I have the call sheet? And then he'll give it to you because he's nice, but... Yeah, it's a yeah, and that, those are normally my questions. So my my um, PA that's running first team on set, I'll be like, "What time's lunch?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't on. I don't know if you remember this on Captain Marvel. Katie used to have me text. I don't know if I sent it to you, or if I was sending it to Camille, probably both. I used to text everyone in hair makeup costumes their call times for the next day uh-huh. at the end of every day, and. When I was talking to other trainees about that or thinking about it, I was like, this seems like the most insane handholding in the world to me. Mm. Where I'm like, really? You can't look at it yourself? But then at now that I'm in that position, I totally get it from the sense of sometimes you can't log into that thing. Like this is definitely a, a specific project 
incident, but like sometimes you can't log in or get the call sheet or you don't get the email and it's just, it's easier if someone's just sent it to you. I'm in no way saying this is something everyone should do all the time, but there's nothing wrong with putting in the extra effort to help out a fellow teammate of yours. um, So that way we can all have a better day the next day. Yeah. And I mean, it might just be that it's a second, I don't know, like a backup, like you get that text. I've just worked 18 hours. Mm-hmm. I have an hour or a, and a half to drive home. I get home. I'm cross-eyed. I'm looking at this teeny tiny freaking call sheet and then going, oh yeah, okay, that's my call time. And Jeremy texts me at the same time. Okay, I've got it. It's That's definitely what it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. I'm not reading it incorrectly, you know, this is the message that I got. Okay. Those two things line up. It matches. Okay. I'm good. (laughs) Now at this point, I'll usually just ask someone to help me send it to, this is depending the the departments and how they work, but usually at least get it to the keys for everyone. Cause I know that if they, if they have anyone that they're worried about, like they can at least relay the info easier. Yeah. Um, Especially with day players. Sometimes with day players, it's, you know, there was a typo in their last name. And so they didn't get, they're not going to get the email until like eight hours later when someone finally figures it out Yeah, where they never got a prelim and they have a, a 2 a.m. pre like call time. Like, mm. and so there, there's, it's just sharing information, more information for everyone. We're all on the same team. I'm not a big sports person, but it, it is, we're all are playing one big team sport together. Like there's yeah. no us versus them mentality. No. Um, if that's the way you're thinking about things, you're, I think you're, I don't want you on my team. You're thinking about it wrong. It's dangerous. Um, And what about large background days or incredibly large cast days when there are additional hair and makeup teams working? What are some problems that usually can arise? With the large, starting with the large cast, it's it's Mm. funny. This actually kind of goes to your chart thing. And uh, tell me your opinion. If I, all right, anytime I've ever made kind of a chair chart, Uh without really telling hair and makeup I'm doing this Uh and then like present. Usually I'm just not like, here's what you're doing. It's more of I'm making it because I'm trying to wrap my brain around the day Uh um, or I'm trying to help someone else understand the day. I'd worked on the show called Strange Angel, which was a period piece. And we had a we had one day where we needed 20. It was like 22 actors all on set, all like 100 percent ready to go at call time. And the base camp was a 20-minute van ride from set. And the UPM wasn't understanding why two weeks out when we started the episode, uh, me and the key second were going, like, we need a five-hour pre-call for people. And he was like, impossible. No way. Like, this is television. We're never doing that. We're like, you don't understand. Like, And so I had to make the chair chart to show them, like, unless you're going to hire a lot more additionals and then also have a conversation with the actors about how their normal people who've been doing them for six months are not going to do them. Mm-hmm. This is this is the only way to get it done. And so we made it and then I showed it to, we made it to calm the UPM down more than anything. Mm. And then when I was showing it to hair and makeup, there was some kickback like, this is never how it works. We're not going to do it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, it's, it's fine. I'm not saying this is the end all be all of things. I'm just, this is just, uh, imagine a helpful guy that I use to try to make the day work. Yeah. And then by halfway through the day, the same people who were naysaying it were just like, where's that piece of paper? Who's supposed to be my chair now? What am mm-hmm. I doing? Like it's when things are crazy, it's sometimes nice to have something to latch on to. 
Um, I don't have to think about totally, things as much. Yeah. It's like literally listed down what you're doing next and how long you have. <laughs> yeah. I it's it's you can just kind of go on autopilot and be like, nope, oh, it's 10. I should have this person. Like, where are they? Great. Here they come. Like instead of instead of having to think you can kind of go on autopilot. And it it is totally true. You could be a half hour into that day and that whole chart could go out the window for reasons mm-hmm. that are no one's fault. Yeah. It's usually an actor's yeah. fault, but like no one no one that we can control's fault. And it is what it is. And you but you at least kind of have a way to wedge yourself back to victory if possible. Well, when uh, you have it all laid out like that as well, you can look at it in a way of just like, okay, well, we'll just swap it. If they go, you know, can you take them and make up first and that person comes to me or whatever it is, you can yeah. just look at it. I think it truly comes from my brain enjoying that is from working in salon and having an appointment book. Oh, interesting. Your whole day, every day is stacked mm-hmm. and it's appointments. So you will look at it and know, oh, okay, I've got a haircut from this time to that time. And then this person's coming in and then that person, you know, they're going to color her. I'm going to blow dry it, whatever, whatever. So it just, yeah, that's just been in my brain since I was like 18. What I was thinking of earlier that you brought up was kind of the buffer time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is even bigger on on big cast days because I mean, I guess we're slowly going back to it now where now a 10 station trailer will be filled with, uh-huh. with 10 hair and makeup people and 10 actors in a chair all at the same time. Yeah. Please. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, just that alone, there's 10 minutes of your day gone. Cause they're going to goof around and talk and uh-huh. you can only do so much. And that like, Oh, I haven't worked with you yet. And then it's, it's the inevitable. You have to buffer for it. And I yeah. think, honestly, that's more, that just comes down to brutal ac- uh, brutal honesty to the actors um, that sometimes has to come from my end where I give them the call time and they go, I don't take that long. And I have to be like, well, yeah, you only take this long in hair and makeup, but then you also show up and you eat your eggs for 15 minutes first, no matter what we tell you to do. And mm. then you'll go to hair and makeup and then you take a smoke break mm. and then you go back in and then you do this. So like, you're showing up at this time so that way you're ready at this time, not like it, the, even they forget about how much time it takes to spend their day, walk between places, stuff like that. And it, I think it's more on us than anything to just be brutally honest with them about that's where the buffer is. That's what it's for. So you can enjoy your time and you don't have me pacing outside being like, how long is it going to take you to use the bathroom? They've been ready for five minutes. Like, yeah, we've already buffered that in. I think I might, I, I'm a little bit of a, uh, I'm a little bit of a naughty hairstylist because I, I do um, encourage my cast to come sit in my chair now. <laughs> and, you know, one day someone's going to turn around and be like, fuck off, I'm talking. <laughs> but I'll just be, you know, I'm a hands on hips kind of like, yeah, we we got to do this. You got to, you can have that conversation in a minute. You got to come down here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every cast member is different, and some you know that you can kind of come up and put a hand on their shoulder, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, sorry, uh, I'll talk to you in a moment," and they come and sit down. But I know other people, you just can't even feel like you can be like, "Hi." And there's a bit of this that also goes into with how long a person takes, sometimes it's unavoidable. Like I know there are actors that take four to five hours Mm -hmm. and 
that even some guys, which sounds crazy, and then you, it's for something that's like not special effects, not period or whatever. Yeah. And you tell them that and they go, I know I need my time. And it's like, okay. And as long as the producers know and everyone realizes like that's why the person takes so long, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. But then sometimes they go like, oh, I can be done faster. I'm going to do this. It's like, I'm sure you can be done faster. But every time I've seen someone try to be done faster because it's their it's their whole game of like, oh, they're trying to say I take two hours. We can do this in an hour and a half. Sure, you're done in an hour and a half, but then you're not happy with you have to also the the performer has to be happy with how they look after that hour and a half time. Yeah. Instead of what they normally look like after the two hours, maybe like it's, it's this weird, like give and take of, of the timing and how long things take and, and happiness in front of the camera. Yeah. Happiness in front of the camera. And so what about with large background days when you have loads of additionals come in, has there been stuff that you've seen that you're like, Oh, I wish this was organized. Yeah. I, that is one where I'll start talking about large background days as soon as someone wants to, listen to me talk about large background days like there is no <laughs> like day there, one i'm ready to talk about background <laughs> yeah hey listen i know you're not on for three weeks but oh my you yeah. just uh, actually i've when it's department heads that i've worked with before and we have a good relationship i will randomly text them updates just like listen i know you're not on yet or this is like just a warning about this and they'll mm. go like okay thanks see you in a week like and that's that's all it needs to be. And this this definitely is a, a both ends thing where sometimes the AD team hires 20 extra PAs and then hair and makeup has 40 to 60 to 80 extra people there that day that are getting people ready. And the worst is when there's clearly like no trickling down of information on either side of like what's really happening or what the process needs to be or what or even like how important some of this is because mm. there, there are the times where you do the different layers of the background where it's like we have the A group who's going to come in early and they're going to look fantastic because we're going to feature them and they'll be near camera. And then group C or D or whatever it will never be within, like we have to swear to you on a blood oath that we will never put them within 200 feet of the lens. Like they'll always be in the back. Please don't spend a bunch of time on them because we don't have it. We didn't plan for that. But if that information isn't relayed on either side, like if, if my team doesn't know that, that there's these different groups and this is the way things are go. And then if hair and makeup doesn't know, like, well, there's these other people, the later people we've been told by our bosses, like, don't worry about them so much, like, you know, make them presentable and get them, get them in, get them out. Uh Then it kind of turns into a disaster because on, on both sides you have people who show up and they're just day playing Mm. and they want to make a good impression. And sometimes I think they don't realize that the good impression can mean just getting it done quickly. Not like Mm -hmm. no one's going to look at the background artist number 900, who's like a million miles away and be like, they look fantastic. I'm glad that they were two hours late to set, but they look fantastic. Yeah. There's two big things there that, one of them is something that I find doesn't happen a lot locally here, mm-hmm. and that is I feel the need for a background supervisor or coordinator needs to be happening a lot more than what it is. That needs to be a position. Oh, um, yeah. Someone to run the crowd room, whether there's 10 background or 
a hundred or two hundred, you need to have somebody and you need to push for it. If it's that type of job, you need to say when you're starting that project, listen, I need this amount of people, you know, with cast, but looking at these background days, I'm going to need somebody full time to be coordinating background. So they're going to be going to fittings. They're going to be, you know, hiring additional help. They're going to be overseeing all background. So then they are there every single morning, making sure that everybody that they hire has all that information. They can make sure everybody, you know, NDBs, they can make sure, and they're doing that every day. So it's their job. That I think is incredibly important. And I just don't think it seems to happen enough. I feel like a lot of the time it's just one of the main team that kind of pops in before they start and just goes, okay, they've just got to look like everyone's like a clown today. Um, okay, have fun guys and runs away. And it's just like, no, no, hang on a minute. This, uh, this group of cats that we have need to be herded and <laughs> you, yeah. you need to tell everybody what's happening. And, you know, if they're taking too long, it's just like someone needs to be there to be like, okay, you're out of your chair in two minutes. You've got to get your next person in you know, we've got to hustle, we've got to hustle. Um, and then the other thing I think that is like a deep seated trust thing is just not believing that that ABC thing works. Oh, I, I, a thousand percent. It's just like, I don't everything, trust you. <laughs> everything you said is true. Um, on, on both points, the bat, anytime I've been in a situation where that background coordinating position exists, Mm. Uh, it's been fantastic, especially because they do think about like, oh, there's a fitting day. Maybe we have to go do haircuts that day or do some wig tests or even mm-hmm. if it's special effects makeup, just look at the person's features to make sure this is going to work or this is not going to work or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it that goes way smoother and it's mm-hmm. way better. And I agree. So uh, bigger bigger jobs with a lot of background should should do that to all the, to all the producers listening. You're just going to save yourself time. <laughs> yeah. The trust thing is... I mean, you're right. You're right. There's nothing else I could say about that. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know if it's a communication that everybody has to be on the same page. It's just like otherwise it almost gets left to that, like one person from hair and makeup trying to communicate and they're seeing the shot and it's just like, oh, my God, no, you can't have these five people on the front. Like they were in group like Z. We'll see you guys say, sorry. Um, <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> Stupid sidebar note, but when I would sing the ABCs on like Sesame Street or whatever, and it would be like Z, and I'd hear mum yell out from like the kitchen and she'd be like, Z, it's Z. <laughs> sorry. It's Z, and you'll use the metric system. <laughs> Still do. So, yeah, it's just like if everybody is on that same page, like through to the first AD of knowing who should be in front and who should be way at the back and on top of it all day, then I think like we could feel safer in that situation. Yeah, and I think it even needs to be like they don't have to be so involved, but the director Mm. should also be made aware that that's that's the plan for that. Like in prep, they can be told on this day, we're going to have this. And so when we plan out the shots, we 
like yeah. just some, so that way they don't go, hey, that person back there, let's do a close up on that. And be like, yeah, no, that's not that's not how it's going to work, especially on big prosthetic shows mm. where sometimes you have the that that's where I see it happen the most, where it's like, all right, these are the pieces that are full. They're going to take hours, prosthetic features, and like you could shoot amazing close ups on them. They're going to look great. And then you're going to have the next group that is going to look good, but like, you know, they could be around everyone, but we'll, we'll try our best to hurry them up. And then you're going to have the group in the back that's just putting on a mask and they have a, like a custom rubber mask and, you know, that will be molded in and they'll wear that. And everyone, like you said, it's the trust is the most important part because everyone needs to know this group is way back there and we're never bringing them up. And when you're planning out everything and when the, when the AD team setting the background, you got to know that there's a shot over there later. So that way when they move the camera, it's like, okay, now we're doing a shot that just looks straight into the, the pullover mask group. Whose bad idea was this? Like, <laughs> and it's it usually is. It's, it's, no, but it is the thing of prep and everybody being on the same page and having those discussions early on because it's just like, it's either going to be that the director understands that and is cool with it or they're a director that's just like, no, I want to be able to pull any person at any time to be featured. And then that, leaves it to everybody else to work out, okay, well, how are we going to process all of these people? We're just going to have to bite the bullet and, you know, whatever it is. Or someone higher up says, no, director, you can't do that. But it's having those conversations well in advance to understand what is happening. Yes, yeah. And I know there's something that you wanted to touch on, and I completely understand this because I'm a bit of a control freak, as everybody's probably worked out from this one episode. And I'm not a fan of the idea of, like, someone else finishing my work. So, like, reshoots or pickups, depending where you live in the world. So tell me what has been your experience with these and how can we do better to help those that are kind of left to tidy up loose ends? So this was a great time, actually. I was hired to do 10 days of Spider-Man reshoots. This is the last mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie. And that turned into about two and a half years worth of work of nothing but Marvel reshoots. It was with the same the same crew and everything for the most part. It was the same costume team, the same producers, the same AD team and PA. Like it, we were all hired to work 10 days in July, and then we worked for about two and a half years straight. That's just, amazing. Can I butt yeah. in and just tell you something funny that you'll probably yes. appreciate about reshoots? Because, <laughs> of course, Marvel and, you know, so much action stuff anyway, always you just know that there's going to be some reshoots happening. Oh, yeah. When I was working and prepping on Oppenheimer and we had a cast member who there was a bit of back and forth about hair length and because he had to go do some reshoots before he came to us and they needed his hair to be shorter, but we needed it longer. And Christopher Nolan, (laughs) he just bluntly turns and says, well, that director should have got everything he wanted the first time he shot. (laughs) God, I love him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bold. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like in that moment, I was just like, oh, there's no reshoots for Oppenheimer. He doesn't do reshoots. This isn't happening. (laughs) And I was just like, so it can be done. Um, Just sorry. It just made me laugh. So every time I hear about reshoots, I'm just like, should have got it right the first time. (laughs) Well, easier said than done. Yeah, because the the thing in some feature, like Nolan is going to shoot what he wants to shoot, and that's the movie. No one's telling him, 
hey, you know what make this movie better is if Hulk showed up at the end. And now we need to <laughs> now we need to actually tie that into the next one. Yeah. So if yeah. you could reshoot the explosion yeah. at Los Alamos, that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some money. And so please continue. Sorry, I derailed yeah. you. <laughs> no, it's I would uh I love working on stuff that doesn't have reshoots because then you just you get it right. Although I do like more work and job safety. So yeah, yeah. I'll always take it. Yeah. But so a big chunk of the reshoots we were doing though is we did it all in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. none of it was originally shot in Los Angeles. Yeah. And whenever we could the first call the producers always made for hair and makeup and costume, uh, the costume designer and and the DP was always to whoever originally did it and see if they were available. And this was right after the comeback, like when everything was ramping back up after COVID. So no one was available for the most part mm. or it was overseas people. And there were sometimes visa issues and they were just busy or some, sometimes people said, no, they're like, I'm good. I did that job once and I don't need to come back. And so I lived in this world where we lived and died by the continuity book because it was these very qualified hair and makeup department heads coming in and having to just look at this book and look at the dailies and dig through the boxes from assets mm-hmm. and go, all right, what did, what did they do? How did, how did they do this? Let's, let's recreate it. Cause it's going to cut right into the movie. So it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there was people that had, um, fantastic continuity, but actually complimented, uh, sincere on his, his, continuity for Jonathan Majors and the Ant-Man movie, that book was mm-hmm. flawless because we had to do some stuff and the makeup artist wasn't available. So Kim Felix's makeup and it was like, it's all laid out. This is easy. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then there's other projects where it's like the book's like missing pages or like nothing makes sense or it doesn't exist sometimes. A lot of and I know I there's a whole, there's a whole back end to that aspect of things because sometimes it is people just protecting themselves um, and making sure that they're going to get the call for work is what can happen. Or it doesn't. It's, that's ridiculous though, Jeremy. That's a I, terrible It thing. does it's sound ridiculous. Like, would you rather do that or somebody not understand what you did and then do something crazy that doesn't fit in with what you did so at the end of the day your job work looks like shit? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, and yet... People do it. And yet people do it. Um, only, and this isn't me, because I'm, I'm not experienced in hair and makeup. I don't, I can't do a cat's eye. I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> it was people who do know what they're talking about when I was like, well, this was who the department head was, and this is what exists for me. And then they're like, oh, I know what happened here. Okay, this all makes sense now. Like, once I said the names, they're like, this makes more sense why there's nothing. Or why, like, the information is so bare bones and almost useless. Um, Because now we have to call them. And that's what happened. And it works. So good on on them for the bad lessons I'm teaching. (laughs) But call them for what? To have to offer them? What if they're busy? Well, then it's getting them involved. It's almost like a level of, like, you need me. Like, even if I'm not available, you at least have to make the effort for the phone call. But and for department get... heads, they're going to do that anyways. But sometimes it's it's less than that. Right. I, I put my um, contact details in the continuity book because I'll just be like, if you, I just put a little note in there. It's just like, if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll do what I can to answer them. But that's not because I want, I mean, I don't, you know, if I'm on something else, I don't want to be involved in like fully helping somebody. But if it's just like a few questions of just like, 
because you try and fill it out as thoroughly as you can or you think that the photos are good, but then when it actually comes to be done, they might be like, you know, I don't, what was happening on this side of the head? There is, I don't know, you know. So Yeah. I wish, I've actually never seen, I don't know if I've ever seen that before where someone actually puts their their name and info in it. Because there's times too that it's just wigs or hair pieces or whatever have been rented or come out of my kit or, you know, been rented from a rental house. And if I don't put that information in there, they're going to be like, well, where's this wig and why is it not in the box? So it's kind of like needing to actually put it in the continuity notes of just like this wig was from my stock. You know, I still have it. If you need it, reach out. Or this came from this rental house. Um, Its rental number was, you know, hashtag 347. So if they need it, again, they can get hold of that rental house and be like, I need to rent this wig. And that, I think that this just all goes to why it's so important to, for people to actually keep that information and to have it yeah. there. There was just a lot of not that information. And also sometimes I, I think there's a, from other departments, there's sometimes a weird, this is very little, it's not all the time, but there's like a negative stigma about personals and how like they, it's like, oh, well they just do one person and they sit around, they don't really do anything. And it's like, there's a lot to, like, when you're a personal, especially, like, there's a lot to do and there's a lot to get done. Keeping up with the book is one of them. And sometimes you're so, if your person works, if there is, if it's one of those where, like, number one's in, like, every shot of the movie type thing. Mm. Like, even keeping up with the book sometimes is hard to do or hard to keep yeah. up with. Well, you can't step away. You can't hand your actor over to somebody else to watch them so you can go back and sort your continuity out. No. Oh, and, like, the one <laughs> scene they're not in, they have, like, two doubles that are in it for something like that. And then... <laughs> That's just how it is. It's helpful too because there's this is like a, a weird side antidote, but it's it's helpful for people to know like who they need to get in touch with for things. Mm-hmm. There was a when we were doing um, Wakanda Forever reshoots, there was a commercial that was trying to shoot at the same time as us because they heard that we had a lot of people in town, mm-hmm. and they were deep into their prep, and we and they were using some of the actors, and we realized pretty close to that commercial shoot date that they had never called. Camille or Joel about the shoot and it's like you like you're making a huge mistake here if you haven't like cut the deals with the people who have set this hair and makeup look for this whole world Mm. uh, for two movies now I just you know I don't think they were aware of what they were getting themselves into and thankfully they eventually did make the right phone calls yeah it's just that yeah communication again comes back to doesn't it (laughs) yeah because some sometimes with reshoots too before anything, this is my obnoxious overprepping is the first thing that the first thing that happens when I start a reshoot, because I'm admittedly getting way more prep than hair and makeup gets. Mm. And so what has become part of my job from that, just from the experience of multiple reshoots in a row, is the first thing I do is what actors are we getting? Immediately pull all their assets. Like we need we need all of it. We don't know what we're doing yet. We need all of it. And then hopefully someone will give us dailies or screen grabs or something of like what we want to do. So that way we can start going through and being like, do we even have these pieces? Because sometimes the dailies and screen grabs aren't very helpful. Like we had a character once who everything was like a chest up shot of her. And so we're like, oh, this is the easy one. Like she won't take long. Well, you know, it's it's like the one person who's not a crazy alien creature. And then we get the kind. We get the continuity book and realize like she 
has she shows so much skin and had so many tattoos that were put on her mm. um, that we would have never known unless we had the wonderful book that told us like what we should be doing. I, I don't understand that attitude of like, oh, they'll work it out. Let them try and work it out. It's like, no, no, no. This is originally your work. <laughs> Would you yeah. not want someone to take over? You know, it's just like if you were leaving a job, had to leave halfway through or something, would you not communicate with the person taking over that, you know, what's going on? Or would you just yeah, walk the, out the door and go, good luck, see ya? When the audience is watching the movie, mm. they're never going to know, well, that scene, their wig was done by someone else. That's why it looked terrible. They're just mm. going to see at the end of the day, like, hair by Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, Jamie, she really, she really slacked on that one scene. That was crazy. <laughs> and any other pet peeves, little or big things that our hair and makeup teams need to be more conscious of to help everything? Nothing specific, honestly. Mm. Um, I think just every sh- every job is so different that it's it's totally a job to job and a person to person thing. Yeah. So my pet peeves with one job is going to be different from another one, but it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's just realizing we're we're all on the same team and Mm -hmm. that all we're trying to do is help the director achieve their creative vision. And so I apologize if I seem like I'm rushing you a little bit to make that happen, but the sun's the sun's setting and I just want to get that shot. That's usually what it is. Time is money. I guess this would be a pet peeve Mm. of sometimes it feels like, and this, this isn't just hair and makeup. Absolutely. Like this is a couple different departments Yeah, where, I think people don't realize like it doesn't really matter how good this person looks or this set looks or the lighting looks. If Mm -hmm. like if we're on like a time crunch for either kid reasons or the sun setting or whatever, Mm -hmm. if we don't actually get to film it, it's never going to be in the movies and no one's going to like it doesn't matter. We actually need to get the shot Yeah, Uh, and we'll do the best we can to make sure that we have prepped enough and given everyone enough time to do their work properly. Mm. Uh, but sometimes it's, sometimes it is what it is. So we just gotta, we gotta hurry up and shoot. Gotta go back yeah. to like the old school Roger Corman, just get it done style. Yeah. And just walk away, cross your fingers and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and just breathe, breathe guys, breathe. <laughs> Yay. Well, Thank you very much for joining me today, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. I'm hoping that people take away something. I'm sure they will. Yeah. They'll be like, that guy was that guy was crazy and I hope to never work with him. <laughs> well, if you're even lucky enough to work with Jeremy, you'll be you'll be happy every day. That's all I can say. Thank you. Because I will <laughs> I will make sure you get your poached eggs and your green juice. <laughs> you were talking about how you remember some people's breakfast orders and that is haunting for you (laughs) i've started trying to block a lot of them out but yeah like i don't know i have to relook up my mom's cell phone number every time yeah but since i've done two shows with him i i still am pretty sure i know what tim's breakfast order is (laughs) that's awesome i might know laurel still too (laughs) yeah Um, maybe (laughs) it's it's just you know when you're doing something every day for eight months it's just it's it's ingrained in your brain whether you wanted to or not okay thanks jeremy yeah thank you